0: Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to Get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 129 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Hunter x Hunter episodes 132 through 135, where Meruem has plot-induced amnesia, Palm carries Komugi in her hair basket, and Chimera Ant Kings just want to have fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Tom was walking, and there were only one set footstep, because she was <laughs> carrying you the whole time.
0: Oh, I'm gonna save you, with her hair basket.
1: Let's jump in. Okay. Hey everybody, um, this is like the second time back. in two
0: weeks that you've used the footprints joke, but uh, I also oh cannot get enough of that joke, so it's all right.
1: <laughs> hey everybody, um, so uh, a couple of quick things before we get begin, and by quick I mean um, some things. Uh,
0: so, I don't know, let's take like uh, 45 me- minutes with it. <laughs>
1: Whatever. Um. Anyways, uh, first and foremost, I, I did hear from a couple of people that they really enjoy the anime stuff at the very start uh, where we're just talking about news of the week and shooting the shit. Um. So I'm really happy to hear that because I think sometimes I'm yeah. like, oh, God, if, are we being like a little much at the start of this? But sometimes there's just not enough content in the episodes to like warn it talking about them for 45 minutes.
0: Yeah. Also I'm pleasantly unsurprised that our listenership is generally in favor of hearing us talk about anime current events. That makes a lot of sense, but given the nature of last week's conversation, I am uh, extra glad to hear that we got some positive feedback because it's a tricky subject and I'm sure that we could have handled it better because it's a very tricky subject, but, uh, you know, we tried our best. I'm glad you guys uh, found it to be positive.
1: Yeah. Um, so I wanted to do a couple of quick fun things, uh, that have happened to us this week, um, in, in podcast world. Um, the first is that, uh, uh, we have a brand new patron, which is really, really exciting. Um, every time that we get one of these, it is a huge deal for us on the show. Um, we, we love that they are able to do that. If you are a new patron, um, just be aware. Um, we do like a rundown at the beginning of each month inside of the patron only episodes where we just thank the new patrons for coming on. Um, and I, I really really love that we have more people that are are joining on this little train. Um, With that being said, if you want to become a patron, uh, there is patron only content and we are looking to grow that. And we are closer than ever on doing a, another patron milestone, which is us hitting a hundred dollars a month um, uh, from patron uh, uh, contributions. Um, if we get to that, uh, as mentioned inside of the patreon, we are gonna be doing a, a super long episode. Um, we are really excited about doing one of those. um we have talked about these in the past and like what we're gonna do with it and i I really am excited to to do one of these and to get uh, get this rolling, but we we haven't passed that milestone yet, so we, we ought to get there. Yeah. Counterpoint. Um,
0: Can you imagine a super long episode with me just talking? <laughs> it's not even free. Oh People are paying for it. I know. Uh, yeah, it's awesome, though, because, you know, theoretically in the future, there will be in-person things again. And some of those things will be conventions. And we will be able to go to them. and. Uh, we, I don't want to get too in the weeds here, but like long story short, it's, we've been at this for a while. You know, we've got a couple of years of podcasting under us. And I think that for both of us, we were hoping that the growth would happen faster. But, uh, with that, we've been starting to see a lot of growth. Recently, it sounds it seems like we're getting a bigger user or listener base. We're getting more patrons. Um, it seems to be uh, more interaction on social media. So it seems like we're starting to really form that community that we've always hoped for. And that is very, very exciting. Um, in addition to that, one of the things we wanted to do and that, you know, having a an, a long term successful podcast, uh, which I think we are. We. Uh, it opens doors for you at conventions. Some conventions won't let you come as a member of the press, unless you can show that you've been at it for a while and that people care. So I know like we did anime central last year and in the, uh, uh, in the, Oh God, what's the word where you audition to go to a thing application, the application process, (laughs) (laughs) theater major, in the application process, you um, you you had to like provide statistics on our listenership and mm-hmm. certain links to pages. Uh, you basically have to like show that this is a podcast that didn't just pop up, so that you can get a free press pass. It's totally reasonable, yep. <laughs> but also at that point we'd been going for what a year and a half or more, and you know we had I, I think several hundred listeners uh, every month and maybe over a hundred per episode or somewhere around there, like not huge numbers, but definitely respectable. And like, they uh like vocally dithered on whether or not we were going to get a press pass and more, whether or not we were going to get two press passes because there's two of us. Yes. Without those press passes, we could not have done these sick ass interviews that we did. Um, so all of this is a snowball effect that allows us to do more stuff. And so long story long, with your support, which has thankfully been increasing and we are so grateful for it. Um, Once the world gets back a little bit more normal and conventions start happening again, theoretically, we will be able to go to more of them. And that will be less true if we don't have financial support because it costs money. And, you know, this isn't the only thing we are spending our personal money on in our personal lives. So that support means a lot to making sure that we can do like more than one convention a year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, With that, uh, the, the other bit of exciting news um, is that we have had uh, a lot of responses that have been really good to the show recently, which is always really exciting to me um a couple of new five star reviews uh, a couple of people that have told me flat out that the reason that they started to listen to a couple of different animes that we covered is because they decided to watch along with us which like my heart melted when i hear hear that i love that we're not we're not a big show obviously (laughs) like so when somebody is just like you know this is something that brought me into this and i'm watching along with you now and i love this i'm just like I'm like it makes my entire day. Um and I I I peek every once in a while over to just see what the statistics look like and we are going to be hitting another milestone for this this month. Um it looks like as long as the trend stays the same way it is at like uh, our first 10,000 download month, which would just be absurd. Um we never even touched we've never touched those kind of numbers before. Um w- like the past couple of months have just kind of seen an increase and a an rise in listenership, which is just I, I just I can't say enough how much I am I, I'm super excited about all of this.
0: Yeah, um, it's I mean, again, it's what we wanted because we don't make this thing, you know, we're not making it so that you pay us money on Patreon and we're not making it no so that we can be. You know, famous. We're making it because we are passionate about it and we want to share that with somebody. We think mm-hmm. that we can do something entertaining and we want to entertain and we want the success because the success ensures that more people have access to it that want it. And yeah. uh, that's, I think, what we've always been about.
1: Yeah. With that, uh, we have uh, random other anime news of the week from the things that we are doing. Um, so. Uh, quickly in my corner, I have kowtowed to Blake. Oh, and started watching Digimon Adventure the new uh, one. <laughs> uh, uh, uh,
0: uh, uh, I'm so excited. What do you? Uh, uh. Okay,
1: so <laughs> Blake's going to calm down a little bit up there. He's <laughs> just like throwing up in his mouth the entire time. <laughs> um, so I. I have watched the first episode um, so far. I am pleasantly surprised that the animation quality is so much higher than than it was when we watched. Not comparable. Like, I remember when I watched Digimon for the first time when it was on, like, Saturday morning cartoons after, like, the 90s um, X-Men. And I was like, you know. Uh, also, do you remember that weird time When on Saturday morning cartoons Bo-bo-bo-bo-bo-bo-bo was on there? No, I do like, not Okay, that was a thing that was on Fox Kids right? Really? When they were just like, yeah, yeah I, I hated I, that I series
0: though, so I would have avoided it's, it. it
1: It's real dumb The other what? show that was on there that I completely forgot about Was Shaman King Oh, which I, I love like, Shaman King oh, man! And also, Shaman King's coming back, you know that, right? Is it? Yes I think it's like slated for, I think it's slated for this
0: fall. Look, here's Um, my great lament about Shaman King is that there is something to do with the rights to Shaman King. And so you can't find it fucking anywhere. Uh, It's not, I I really, my dream is to read the manga because I used to subscribe to Shonen Jump, the monthly print magazine. When they still did that, which I honestly wish they did. I understand why they don't, but like, I miss it. I like that. I like to read something physically in my hands. And they had Shaman, Shaman King in there. It was one of the long running series included in that magazine. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. It had a lot of the tropes that I want from an action anime series. And, uh, you know, they did this thing where they, they did the first couple of arcs and then they did a time skip because they wanted to push a forward, and catch up to where Japan was. So they skipped a lot of story, which I'm not keen on because I am not that kind of person. And then they stopped the uh, print series or maybe I stopped getting the print series before Shaman King ended. So I don't know what happens. Very upset. And I would like to read the manga. And in addition, there was an anime and the anime was pretty cool. And I used to watch it as a kid, except that it didn't come on at times when I could catch it. So I only saw a few episodes and then I tried to illegally download it in college. And I think I did, but I don't have it anymore. And I really want to watch that in the original subs and I can't find it. It's not available to stream anywhere. And I researched it recently because I like it and I think about it sometimes and the rights are not available because rights are stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with that being
1: said, um, I just looked it up. It looks like its release date is going to be April 2021, so it looks like it's going to be a spring launch um, of uh, the new Shaman King, which is super exciting. Oh. Uh, the series launched back in 2001. It's it's it just a... Uh, I love Shaman King, um, and I still do. Um, I, I, with... Blake saying that he used to illegally download something. That takes me to my next piece of news.
0: Wait, 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 um, wait, wait. Which, What were your impressions on Digimon? We got sidetracked. God. I, I like it,
1: <laughs> but <laughs> here's the thing about it. I wanted to watch the first episode because I wanted to know how good it was in animation style. After watching the first episode, I was like, I'm interested and I will watch more, but I will not watch more until the first season is over. And here's the biggest reason why, and I've harped on this so many times about different anime. I hate, more than anything else in the entire world, when I get super into an anime and I cannot finish the story arc. And this show looks like it's going to be building a good story arc, and I want to be able to get to the end of the first story arc before I get get on board at all. So... I will watch it all the way through, but I will not be watching it all the way through until season one is done.
0: <laughs> okay, that's uh, so that's, that's cool. Season one in the original was 13 episodes, and uh, they're moving really fast, so I think it's probably going to be about 13 again. So, you know, you're going to have to cash that check pretty soon.
1: Yeah, that's okay, and that's fine with me. Um, what I was going to say, though, about pirating uh, is that there was huge news inside of the pirating anime world, which is that oh. KISS anime is gone. Um, oh. So Kiss, KISS anime and a couple of other uh, different like pirating services were taken down inside of a lawsuit. Um, I, I, I don't believe that they're online. I'm not willing to go check uh, because I don't want to get, you know, flagged or something. Um, but it's not something that I use anymore, but it is something when I was in like younger high school, I did use when there wasn't as much streaming service. And that brings me to the other piece of topic, which is a really, really sore subject and kind of a fire pot that I am, I am willing to stand on, on one side and understand that other people aren't willing to stand on the other side because you were talking about rights I do agree that rights are really dumb, and the reason why these pirating services exist is not always because of the United States market of anime. Because in the United States, a lot of people can get a lot of uh, a lot of uh, anime, and they can get it basically free as long as you are okay uh, going through ads. Then you can watch it um, if you're willing to pay on a whole bunch of different streaming services. There are a lot of different ones available to you, and especially if you don't want to watch ads, there are options for you. I am of the opinion that if you are in the United States and you really don't want to pay for it, you can probably find it on either Crunchyroll or one of the other anime streaming services for free with ads, and kind of get over it if you don't like ads. I know that it sucks, um, yeah, ads but, are horrible and
0: Crunchyrolls are really bad. Yeah. I, Except I get for it. when they advertise their own shows, which is fine because that isn't within my interests. But like they yeah. show the Crunchyrolls ads are bad because they show you the same one over and over and over again, often back to back. And it's just interminable.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I get it. I really do get it, especially right now where people are like hurting for money and um, really running into stuff where they they can't afford these sort of services. And I I get that, but these people, these artists, they, they make their living off of this kind of stuff. And when you use pirated services, sometimes shows that you love and have a huge underground population of people that are interested in it, do not get renewed or get switched over to another animation studio to do it more cheaply and probably more badly because there is not that direct Uh, direct notice of these studios that are putting it out to know that these are hugely popular because they're looking at the dollars and cents and not at the people that are going going to cons. I know that it's dumb.
0: Yeah, but what's never made sense to me is like in the case of Shaman King, like the anime and the manga, as far as I know, and please tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I did look this up recently, so I think I'm right and I think I'm current. Neither of them are available. And if I'm remembering correctly, it's because one studio has the animation distribution rights and one studio has the manga distribution rights or like the one aspect of its media is is like held by somebody that doesn't hold the rest of it and or doesn't hold the like concept rights or whatever. I know I'm super wrong on these terminologies, but essentially because shaman king appears in several different mediums the people that own those mediums are apparently different people and because uh capitalism is the worst they can't come to an agreement because neither of them can get as much money as they feel they're fucking entitled to and so now nobody can have it and nobody's making money on it so it just hurts everyone
1: yeah especially the people that it hurts the most is it's not so much these big studios because these big studios, them holding the rights is one thing, but like, I, I don't know if you know this, but like, or I know you know it, but I don't know if some of the listeners know it, but like people that make uh content um are paid royalty rights while their stuff is being used. So if it is held in royalty free limbo, it really screws the artists and yeah. the creators and like any actors that are working on it that are receiving royalties on it. So like, that's crappy and coming from the world of like, I, you know, I, I, I did commercial stuff um, as well as doing acting on stage. And I know a lot of actors that, you know, that, some of the biggest things that they get is when they get a commercial and they're like, I'm going to get royalties on this commercial. So it's like an initial hit and it's a huge, big deal how long that, st- that commercial stays relevant. Because if that stays relevant for a long time, they will receive those royalty checks for a long time. And that is stable money in a world of acting, which is not stable so it's just it is it can be like the difference between a paycheck and not a paycheck for some of these people and i mean that's a that's a big thing for me however i do understand that these services are created a lot of times for people inside of countries where they are being completely cut off from these services as well so i understand them more where they're just like you know, I'm in a country where you literally cannot buy it, even if you had the money. And I'm like, that sucks. And that is so frustrating to me. And it just reminds me that like the boogeyman in this situation are the, the people that are not opening up these, these rights. So these artists can just get their, their stuff out. And I think that's why you ended up with stuff like, um, uh, there's, uh, Gosh, I can't remember the name of it. It's where, um, B puppy cat was oh, and yeah. uh, cartoon, hangover. cartoon hangover on YouTube. The reason that they were putting it on YouTube was so that they could get around, um, having to go through a big giant studio. They wanted to do their own thing and they just wanted to put it out there. Um, I, 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 I don't know where he originally started it, but one, the creator of one piece, uh, not one piece, uh, <laughs> one punch man. Um, <laughs> Got his work we need out. We'd have a jar um, for that. <laughs> <laughs> got his uh got his workout through doing his own webcomic. Like this is this is one of the things where sometimes artists have to go through these means and that sucks. And one of the reasons that it sucks is because there is a huge conglomerations of people putting out um anime and holding these different rights to these shows that you want. And a lot of the reasons why you can't get them a lot of times is because they're in some sort of dispute inside of a country while trying to get the rights out to that country and going back and forth on it. And the only people at the end of the day it hurts are it hurts the artists and it hurts the fans that want to see it.
0: Yeah. So it's just the people who are it. trying to benefit from it other than from making money off of it. Like the people yeah. who care about it are the yeah. ones who are hurt. And, you know, again, Spencer and I, theater degrees, we both gave professional acting a shot. Uh, You know, we both have various ideations about how we might work that into our futures. But that is a hard fucking gig. And uh, so is every other piece of art. Like, if you're trying to be an artist, like who who makes sculptures or paintings, that is super hard. Like, there's Mm -hmm. just, there's a lot of content out there. And unfortunately, you often can't self finance or can't self su- sustain in not long enough to make your art without the help of one of these big companies uh and if you can do both of those then you can't get your your stuff out there um so that people can find it that's you know again our podcast has taken a really long time to get uh, the reach that it has Uh, Because it's had to rely on word of mouth because we tried not to do sponsors and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. then you get to uh, you get to this position where artists have to essentially sell off their distribution rights to these larger companies, either purposefully or just kind of by default by trying to be in the industry. And then they are completely at the whims of these people. And these companies are, you know, multi-million or multi-billion dollar entities that can take or leave a couple of series, even if those are hotly anticipated and highly sought after series. Because leaving it might mean that the other companies don't get access to it. Um, And, you know, you get these like high money tug of wars, but the people who are like really suffering are the fan base who are, who just want to have a good fucking time with the things that they care about and the creators whose entire livelihood depends on this and who don't have huge reserves of money to rely on when their thing doesn't get shown.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's, it's just really frustrating to Man, me. We're really My getting onto some heavy subjects lately. <laughs> Okay, we're like we're like way
0: too far in yeah, to t- not. We've go taken into on these We've taken on capitalism. Let's do democracy next week. Oh, um,
1: um be- before before I finally get down off of the soapbox, real quick, um, I just wanted to throw out there that we did our small part on trying to support people that are making anime things or doing original artwork. The the person that did our artwork for the uh the new um the new logo for it we paid and we made sure to pay the artists because we want these artists that are doing um original work to see some sort of growth out of that and it's not one of those things that we can always do we're not super rich people but I, I am of the firm belief that you should support artists in any way that you can especially original content creators if you like um if you like what they're doing if you're going to a con and you're like um torn between you know spending spending money on something non-original and then you see somebody's original work I mean that's that's something that you can do um to support them I also am of the firm belief as well that a lot of times It comes down to when somebody is looking to support an artist or something like that that they know that other people that they know are looking at stuff like that so if you can't afford to buy from a local artist or an original artist this week or an original anime creator or manga creator this week i understand the world is in a little bit of a hell right now but what you can do which is free is that you can um just throw some promotions out for people that you've seen online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, they're all over Instagram and they all would love your support. If you just like throw them stuff, I found people on Reddit that are putting out badass artwork and I'm just like, Hey, can I just promote this? And they're like, Oh sure. Like, uh, what do I need to do anything? And I'm like, no, I'm just want to promote your thing. And I'm like, they're so taken aback with it. And I'm like, why is that a thing? It's the same reason I was so weirded out on Reddit when people are, get so adamant about you putting out a, your 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 work that you do and it's just like, "Hey, this is fan stuff that I'm doing if you want to check it out." They yeah. get so angry about it and I'm like, "Why? This is what you want, right? Like <laughs> I I'm like, "Just let me give uh, you what you're doing, asking for." All we're doing is talking about things that we love too. Just listen to it or don't. You don't have to flame it because you don't want to listen to it. That's fine. Don't like it's not worth it. I don't understand it. Anyway, I'm getting off the stop box now.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, long story short, uh, the the truth is that uh, people who are making cool stuff need all the help they can get. So if you come across somebody, uh, including our show, that you'd like to share with others, please do it because uh, that's how people find out about cool stuff. And also I believe word of mouth is like one of the most effective forms of advertising. So uh, I know for me I trust my what my friends say a lot and I trust commercials like 50% maximum. So you know it's just it's better to take your friends word for it than somebody who's got a horse in that race. Um, so whether or not it's our show, whether or not it's a convention artist like find somebody on DeviantArt like whatever it is. If you come across something awesome like you know blast blast it for your friends to see it because maybe that'll come or back tell us oh we yeah tell us we would love it to promote if you tell us i'm gonna promote the shit out of it i just
1: just tell me stuff and i'm gonna promote it it's just okay that that's all you really have to do yeah as long as I, it's not you know creepy and gross or something like that or you know like
0: you know like shit posting or something like that yeah. i'm going to promote it and I, also I, I, you shouldn't pirate things uh things should also be made available and uh studios should do their best to make media easily attainable at a price range that is reasonable um and i think we've moved further and further towards that you see less pirating these days because streaming sites tend to provide legal and cost-effective ways to view things so people don't have to pirate as much uh you yeah. also uh see less uh, fan streams for anime because that above thing is true, but also because uh, official anime distribution has endeavored to uh, one, make much higher quality dub work and two do simulcasts with Japanese. So you not in Japan don't have to wait for the media because that was a big market for those fan subs was uh, the question between getting a fan sub or supporting the official release like months or years down the road. And now that's mm-hmm. less of a concern for many series. I think even Pokemon's doing simulcasts. And yeah. some are doing simul dub. So if you like the dub, you still don't have to wait because it comes out like an hour or two after the Japanese release. I think when we talked to uh, Justin Brenner from My Hero Academia, I think he was uh, mentioning that they did that as well and that they had to, you know, that was part of like the new sort of modern work of voice acting. And that they were like working, you know, very fast to churn out those episodes really quickly to keep up with the Japan pace. But yeah, this is all out there. Um, So, you know, probably don't pirate, but also, you know, things should be available, but probably don't pirate. But uh, anyway, if you have a thing that you'd like to promote, let us know. We will promote it for you. Uh, whether or not it's your thing or if it's just a thing that you think is cool and people would like, uh, you know, if it's in our wheelhouse, we will uh, let people know. And our wheelhouse yep. includes, you know, anime and manga, but also just like really cool artsy shit because we're kind of artsy people. Um, there is a new part uh, of our Discord server where you can post things to promote yep. them. Uh, yep. and. So, if you don't know, we have a Discord. It's not in our outro, but it is part of our sort of social media talking to you outreach. Program, and you can find the links to the Discord in our social media areas. So, if you'd like that, uh, go look them up on our Facebook, on our Reddit, on our Twitter, and you can find our Discord and join it. There's not a barrier to entry. You can just join it if you have the link. If you have trouble finding the link, just go to one of those places and send us a private message, and we can send the link to you. And we will not shame you for not being able to find it because, you know, it's not always apparent, and not everybody uses all those things. Um, Yep. So speaking of Discord, there was a user on our Discord called Wonderlump. Uh that's probably not his Christian name, but that's what he calls himself on Discord or she, I don't know. Uh because the picture that he that they use is a male character, but now I now I'm concerned. So Wonderlump <laughs> thank you wonder lump for bringing this to my my attention
1: wonder wonder lump is just it just it just sounds like something somebody that lumpy princess would say (laughs) (laughs)
0: Lumps. so uh wonder lump uh sent put a video in the discord that i know i watched i don't know if you saw that spencer but hopefully some other people did at least Um, It was a video about Hunter x Hunter and specifically about the Chimera Ants arc. And long story short, I know I've said that a lot, but here it is again. Uh, Spencer and I have mixed to negative reviews of the Chimera Ants arc. Meanwhile, the Chimera Ants arc is a relatively divisive arc in Hunter x Hunter. Many, many people like Hunter x Hunter that are, you know, inclined to like shonen uh, anime. And a lot of people who like it think that the Chimera Ants arc is the best arc. And a lot of people who like it think that the chimera ants arc is a complete misstep and spencer and i generally fall more into that second category Uh, so this video which is a youtube video uh created by i believe tales of nerdia n-e-r-d-i-a is a video that uh it's in the title it says gone and meruem parallel journeys so I know I haven't done my previously on, but Gon is the main protagonist of uh, Hero uh, of uh, Hunter X Hunter, and Meruem is the Chimera Ant King, who is uh, essentially the main antagonist of um, the Chimera Ants arc. So this video basically makes the case that uh, the Chimera Ants arc is all about flipping things on its head. Uh, it's sh- it's called parallel journeys because it's that it basically. Sl- Uh, posits that Gon and Meruem are characters going on parallel arcs. One starts at one uh, point of the sort of morality spectrum and goes to the other. And then uh, the other character starts at that other point and goes uh, to where the other one started. So essentially Gon starts out as our hero and ends up in a kind of villainous territory. Meruem does the opposite. And they make the case uh, using some really interesting examples from the Chimera Ant arc that draw pretty stark and direct comparisons that show that this was almost certainly intentional. And uh, I don't know if I said this, but if I didn't, I definitely meant to that this, the whole thing with Gon becoming sort of like consumed with rage to the point that he like Super Saiyans out and hulks out on Neferpito and ends up killing Neferpito is a It always felt a little bit like a character assassination to me. Uh, Maybe not quite so extreme, but it was just like, Gon's always been the eternal optimist. And in this arc, he's basically the complete opposite. Just like completely stoic, darkly set on revenge and compromising his principles at every turn in order to get that revenge. Um, So this video is going to take a pretty direct look at that. It's going to compare it to Meruem's journey from uh, unthinking, homicidal, uh, human-eating monster into someone who would rather spend all of his free time hanging out with a cool girl that he met and playing board games rather than eating the rest of humanity. So uh, that's a really good video. Again, I believe it's Tales of Nerdia. It's a video, it's not this is not the full title but it's gone in Meruem parallel journeys and that was provided by Wonderlump on the Discord.
1: Cool. So uh, with all that being said, let's go go ahead and jump into what happened last time on Hunter x Hunter.
0: Well, uh, as I've already said, Gon is our protagonist. Although Gon only appears briefly in these episodes, he is not conscious and he appears only in what is functionally a television screen uh, security camera. So we're not going to really talk about him. I guess I will talk about the world a little bit. Hunter x Hunter is a name referencing the fact that characters in this world can get what's called a Hunter's license and be dubbed Hunters. These are kind of like anime super Indiana Jones people. They are very powerful. They have crazy anime powers and they will do things like, you know, raid tombs, or you know go hunt for the next great ingredient they all kinds of hunters exist you can specialize in different things but the key is that you have to essentially be uh, crazy anime strong and then also develop crazy anime special powers Um, there is also a race of animal in this world called chimera ants and chimera ants are a really unique and terrifying species in that when they eat another animal they their offspring will have the traits of that animal so for example the chimera ant eats a fly the offspring will have wings uh bad news the chimera ants found some people and ate them and now they are turning from ant-sized into giant human-sized anthropomorphic animal people with ant limbs so uh, it's not great um, also, the Chimera Ants, I guess, you know, evolutionarily, they are driven to consume as much as possible so that I guess they could get as many traits as possible. And so uh, as as a result, they have a more or less insatiable appetite that threatens to wipe out all of humanity. Also, because they happened to munch on a few people who had unlocked Nen, which is this universe's super anime power system, uh, they have also unlocked the ability to use Nen. So they are also super powered Monster human-eating humanoid animal people with ant limbs. Um the king is called meruem He did not know his name, but now he knows it. Uh he has three royal guard members. As I said, neferpitu is one of them who was recently killed by Gon. Shia Poof and Metutu Yopi are remaining. We will usually refer to them as Poof and Yopi respectively. Um, they recently gave some of their life force to revive the King from a terrible explosion because Meruem was fighting Netaro, the chairman of the Hunter's Association. And when Netaro could tell that he wasn't going to win, he stopped his heart, which uh, caused a dead man's trigger to blow on a nearby functionally a nuclear device. It's a special, uh, fictional bomb called a Rose bomb, I believe And uh, it created a huge explosion that totally cooked Meruem, but because he's so super strong, he was able to survive it just a little bit and ate, you know, a little bit of the essence of his followers, Yuppie and Poof, in order to revive fully. In fact, he's revived better than ever. He's much stronger. He has developed some of their powers, which in Yuppie's case is the ability to sort of chimerically grow parts that he needs. And in Poof's case, we will see is a sort of empathic telepathy. And uh, he also uh, has taken some plot amnesia because of this explosion. So he's forgotten what had been going on in his life beforehand. Specifically, there's this girl named Komugi, and she is a grandmaster at this game called Gungi, which is kind of like chess uh, and kind of like Go. Uh, So Komugi is... um, She's just completely devoted to this game. Meruem was trying to test his mental acuity and, I guess, strategic muscles by playing against the grandmasters of various different games. Each time he easily beat them on his first try and then killed them. Uh, Komuki is the first person he did not beat, and he continued to play with her for like all day, every day for like a while and still hasn't beaten her. This relationship that he's developed with her has taught him that people are more interesting, that he has uh, interests that are not completely related to conquest and eating, and uh, he has started to really change as a person. Now he has forgotten who she is and that she exists, but he does have the sense that he's forgetting something important. And meanwhile, Poof has been working really hard to kill her off and that way the king will no longer be influenced by her and will be able to uh, achieve his destiny as a sort of warlord ruler of the world without having this soft side brought out in him by this girl so they're at odds but yuppie is trying to keep it or sorry poof is trying to keep it secret from meruem because he doesn't remember her and he wants to figure out a way to get rid of her before meruem does to stop that train in its tracks. And that is what's happening at the start of episode 132.
1: Okay, episode 132 of Hunter x Hunter. Flax. Flax. XN X N X. Start. So, um, this, this episode, um, I don't know, man. It's, it's just like, there's so much of, like, tension building inside of these episodes like i i found my i found myself wondering if if you cut out two of these episodes if you could have just kind of flown through all of it because yeah. there is there is a lot of uh, them thinking hard and then cutting to like the reaction face and then the other reaction face and then the meltdown face and then the reaction face there's even going to be one of these episodes when one of the characters is going to Age a hundred years in the span of a second, and I was just like, "Okay,
0: <laughs> yeah." So you know what? To that point, there is probably now. The, I don't think this anime series has much filler at all, because um, I believe that the the manga. This is the second anime series, and the first one came out like in the nineties. I want to say, so I think the manga had had time to kind of expand. I don't think they were really dragging things out to uh, let the manga progress. Uh, but I will say that Hunter x Hunter, this anime series, which does not cover the entire manga series, it is actually still ongoing. This series is going to end at episode 148. The Chimera Ants arc starts at episode 76 and goes to episode 136. So the Chimera Ants arc is almost half of the entire show. Um, that... There are pacing problems in this arc, whether you love it or hate it. There are objective pacing problems. (laughs) There's story things that are caused by those pacing problems that some people would not want to lose, but this arc is too long. You could almost certainly cut this down to be about half as long without really losing anything narratively. Um, And there's a lot of that in these episodes, although maybe less than usual uh it's definitely no longer as bad as when it was basically being read an audiobook with pictures um but i i will also say this episode and the last one we're covering today were the first times i've enjoyed watching hunter x hunter in a while Mm -hmm. uh which i was surprised i was not looking forward to watching these and i was not expecting to enjoy them and i did so that was nice
1: yeah, I think the big reason why these are enjoyable is just because they they do some kind of cool twists and turns with completely cutting out any characters, really, other than any Chimera ants. Like, yeah, there there's going to be like a some quick asides to you know like Knuckle and um uh, a quick moment to like Killua seeing him run away, and then um there's going to be a horrific uh, play about the faults of humanity itself in one of the next episodes
0: yeah um, well I think what's working in these episodes and this kind of this does harken back to what Wonderlump, that video uh, that Wonderlump gave us which is that the chimera ants Arc has pacing problems and pacing problems do a lot to your story um but one of the things that they do is they obscure what the story is about. Not that that should always be obvious, but it should be intuitive. And by that, I mean people should be able to achieve an emotional catharsis from an intuitive sense that things are coming together and or that things have a meaning that is being revealed. That's what most stories are trying to do. This story is also trying to do that. And I would say that these episodes... While they do require many of the episodes leading up to them, these episodes are relatively self-contained and that they embody a theme from start to finish. Again, understanding that there is pre-existing context from previous episodes that you do need to fully appreciate it. What these episodes are about is that the monsters of the story can be good people too Mm -hmm. and that the heroes of the story have done something that is maybe worse than what the villains ever did yeah um and by extension that humanity is capable of evil and that humanity Mm -hmm. is capable of good
1: yeah so uh first and foremost uh yuppie and um uh god Yuppie and Poof are going to realize that P2 is not around and that P2 hasn't come back yet from dealing with Gon. Um, and they notice this and Yuppie lets it slip out that p 2s not here because this slips out. There is a new part of uh, of let's let's just call it Kingnesia, um, which is <laughs> that if you hear somebody's name, you will start to remember everything about that. Um, which is what happens Um, he gets all of his memories back of p2 because somebody um, talked about p2 Um, then uh, there is also a moment uh, that's going to be coming up i'm not sure if it's this episode or the next episode where he finds one of the shogi tiles on the floor um, and that brings back the memory so it's it's not just Um, hearing somebody's name. It's also seeing something that might harken a memory. Um, And that is going to be very important because Poof does not want uh, Kumugi to be remembered at all
0: um, by the king. Um, Yeah. He wants to erase traces of her so that his memory never comes back, which is just transparently doomed to fail, but it's what he's trying to do.
1: Yeah. Um, And so uh, Yuppie and uh, Poof, without having any conversation out loud, both agree that they're going to do this. Um, and the easiest yeah, to give way, each other special uh, looks, yeah, the easiest way to get this to come about is to involve the king inside of a game because you can't make the king do anything he doesn't want to do, and so they decide that they are going to um uh challenge the king to uh for him to find the people that are hiding out inside of his base that might want to do him harm and if uh if he can find them before they can get p2 and bring p2 back then they um will admit um or they will lose the contest
0: yeah but there's there's a couple rebus- of caveats to that because um pita or poof realizes that uh kamugi is probably in the possession of some of the intruders so if the king finds the intruders He's going to find Komugi. So Poof really wants to find the intruders first. So uh, first of all, the king is like, I'm going to go look for the intruders. And they're like, no, 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 don't do that because the intruders could be dangerous. And then the king releases some of his power and he's like, can you honestly say that I would be in danger? And they're like, no. And that was a cool (laughs) moment, but it also puts a wrench in Poof's plans to keep him away from Komugi. That's when he hatches this games plot There's also this big gathering of people. They're in definitely not North Korea and they have gotten all the definitely not North Koreans to come to the palace and wait for some announcement from their Supreme leader. Uh, Then Poof used his butterfly scales to put them in a trance so that they will stand there docilely until everything is through. But people have been streaming in. So there's new people that need to be put in a trance and Poof is like, let's do this game. But first I got to trance up these people. Or, you know, who knows what could happen. And so he's, he makes a deal with Meruem not to start their game uh, until after he's been able to trance scale everybody. And he's going to mm-hmm. secretly use that time to try and find Pito because he thinks that Pito's still alive. And he, he has realized that now Pito's presence could trigger this memory, which again, his whole plan's doomed to fail. Like if the memory triggers and she's dead, that's going to suck too. Uh, mm-hmm. So... That's not great, but he doesn't want to find Komuki and kill her while preventing Pito from getting to the king and saying anything that she shouldn't because she doesn't know know that they're hiding this from him. So it's a whole yeah. mess. Yep. Uh, also, and- I uh, I watched this episode yesterday. I watched the other ones today, and I was looking at the I was looking at the Hunter Wiki to uh, to jar my memory. And whoever wrote that was maybe like English as a second language or very very young because some of the. Uh, some of the tenses were switching around and some of the words were definitely not right. And uh, the, there were some real, real strong grammatical errors. And then there was this awesome sentence that was just the redundancy of department uh, or sorry, the department of redundancy department type sentence, which was m two also proposes a proposal. And I just loved it. I just had to write it down and share it with you guys. <laughs> okay.
1: So, um, the the stakes of this wager um, are as follows. If Poof and Yuppie win, they will get a wish from the king. Ooh. But if they lose and the king wins, the king says, you're going to reveal to me what you're hiding. And both of them are like, Whoa! and it turns out that <laughs> they the king knows that they are hiding something from them, but he doesn't know what they're hiding. But he can also sense that they don't wish him any harm. So what they are hiding from him must be important. And if it's important enough to win this contest, then, then he will let this happen. Um, so uh, that takes us to episode 133, Deadline X to X-Live. Um, uh, by the way, uh, Meroem is going to um, quickly, quickly find um, Knuckle and uh, Meloran. Who are in in the uh, group of people that is outside? Um, by using his N, his N is apparently so uh, so amazingly powerful that it releases as like a giant white flash over the city, um, and then he's able to basically appear right in front of Knuckle and Meruem, knock them out instantaneously, and take them back up with ex- expressing like no energy. Basically, he is just insanely powerful. Everybody is realizing it now everybody realizes that they're completely screwed, um but that's not gonna stop stop Paul andalgo from uh running down into a business. I don't know man, he has just like this town under the palace. yeah it's just uh, like
0: I started calling it Barbara Streisand's basement, and I cannot' <laughs> believe I didn't realize that earlier if you don't know. Barbara Streisand famously has made her basement into like a mall. That's for her only. Uh, what? And yeah. Did you <laughs> maybe, not know this? Maybe only the gay universe knows about this. <laughs> there was a play about it. I saw it when I first moved to Chicago. My, uh, my manager at the time had tickets to a play that was a Broadway tour. I think it was an off Broadway play that was touring through Chicago And, um, I went to see it and, uh, God, I can't remember the name of the play. I'm going to, I'm going to Google it real quickly, but, uh, they, it was about somebody getting a, it was a fictional play about somebody getting a a job in Barbra Streisand's basement because it was such a, like an enigmatic thing. And so it's, it was a one man play about him becoming friends with Barbra Streisand and it was great. Um, but yeah, it's based off of a real thing. Oh, I definitely spelled Barbara Streisand wrong. And the play is called Buyer and Seller. Uh, mm-hmm. Buyer is spelled like someone who buys and seller is spelled like basement. Oh. Um, it was very, very good. And uh, it is based off of her real basement, which, again, she decided to model as a sort of mall. So, So basically, instead of putting her shit on shelves, she had little storefronts created... That would apply to the shit. And so the shit is stored in shelves in a fake store instead of just in a basement, which is it's awesome, by the this, way, crazy, but um, awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so if you're wondering what would happen if you had too much money, um, welcome to Bar- <laughs> Barbara Streisand's basement. Um, anyways, um, the uh, the. The basic thing that is going to be happening with Palm and Akalgo, though, is that they are going to, uh, first and foremost, um, they are going to decide that they need to hide Kamugi. And they need to somehow get a message to the king that is uh, telling him that we have your person that matters to you hostage um and yeah. we are willing to do a trade of our people for your people they um, also apparently by barbara Br- Br- stison's basement
0: contains indiana jones warehouse where they put the ark of the covenant so that's where they get put kamugi oh
1: my god anyways um so the uh the other thing that's going to happen though first is that they need to get the message they get the message across by um enlisting welfin uh if you've remembered Welfen is a random character that becomes way, way more important inside of these episodes. And it turns out that there is a hugely important connection between Ecolgo and Welfen that I completely forgotten about, which is that they were converted at the same time into chimera ants. And they remember, or Ikago is remembering everything about them and how that they were friends and they were part of this military front that was trying to stop the chimera ants. And it's a whole thing. And it's expressed in like the the totality of just two episodes. And I was just like, whoa, this came out of nowhere and it's super important to both of you. And it's the thing that convinces Welfen that he needs to do this because yeah. he knows that he has this humanity inside of him. And Ikalgo just like, go and reclaim your humanity and later on the king is going to be like maybe you can live your life as a human again and i'm just like what the fuck where did this come from
0: yeah i will say i think the reason why you didn't remember it is because it's an important moment shared between two characters that don't matter so yeah that's probably what was going on yep Um, so they're going to take, uh, these, first of
1: all, they're going to release these women that were trapped in the basement in the most hilarious way possible, which is that they leave, he, he leaves them in front of a bunch of cars, still blindfolded, folded with, still the cuffs on their wrists or it's like a tie oh.
0: thing around their wrists. i, I think he said he's said duct like, tape in the subtitles yeah,
1: he's like he's like feel free to release yourselves and take these take these cars and drive away and i was just like you couldn't have just
0: cut their wrist things off <laughs> like- <laughs> they're gonna have to like stand facing each other and picking at the tape for like 45 minutes uh, it's going to be a whole thing but also they they blindfolded them and duct taped them specifically because Ikalgo was like I'm an octopus and we won't have time to explain it and i was just <laughs> like sure man <laughs> that's stupid but whatever
1: <laughs> yeah so anyways um uh, this is also going to be happening um around the time that Merowim is starting to regain memories he can't completely remem- remember Kamugi there's also going to be a very loud and ear piercing noise that keeps on happening inside of these episodes when he tries to remember. And I was like, it's a cool effect, but RIP headphones. Um, anyways, I was listening um, to it on a
0: TV without headphones, so I did not have that experience.
1: Yeah. Um, so then there is a very, a very unceremonial death inside of the show of a character that is very interesting in the Chimera and and Yuppie Yuppie is going to have something done to him and he is dead for some reason. We assume that it was, yeah, he dies off screen. We assume it's because of the fight that he gets into with Welfin, and there's a quick back and forth and then Welfin is going to shoot missiles at him and then it cuts away. And then the next time we see, uh, we see Yuppie, we are finding that he is dead and it's Poof finding his corpse. Um, he is going to go and find Meruem um, and try to make sure that he Meruem is still okay. Um, but uh, Meruem is like, I'm fine, but I'm sensing that something is really wrong. And then Poof coughs up blood for the first time. Um, and we start to understand that there is something very wrong in the state of Denmark. Um, and, uh, that takes us into episode 134. The word X is XU.
0: And this the narrator episode... is back. He was supposed to have been killed in the explosion. Unfortunately <laughs> he was not. So he has returned. <laughs> Thankfully the he big thing, uh, seems to have the been poisoned as well. A... Cause he doesn't come back very fast or very long. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Because it turns out that um, one of the most horrific things about the, um, I think it's called the Tiny Rose is the name of the bomb. You're probably um, right. And one of the things that is inside of it, it turns out that it is not only a nuclear device, but apparently it is also a dirty bomb. It's it's a bomb that like will, or a, a pandemic bomb, I guess, or, or a poison bomb. I'm not 100% sure what it's releasing, but it is, Powerful enough that is going to render anybody who breathes in the released gas from it um, a debilitating poison that is going to make all of their internal organs rupture over the course of like uh, you know the next couple of days. So even if you even if you survive the initial blast and fire, you are going to die from the aftershock of it. And can I just throw it out there that? One of the things that happens inside of a nuclear blast as well is that there is a fallout of yeah. radiation that comes from a nuclear blast. So if you were to add into that a, a also a poison gas agent to it, number one, it would have to be a poison gas that is going to have to withstand insane heat without having its uh, molecular structure break down. I know it's an anime I know there's crazy anime powers happening inside of it, but I'm just going to throw that out there. Well, (laughs) number two, go ahead. Maybe the King should have just died from radiation poisoning. And when he got brought back to life, he grew, you know, I don't know, some sort of horrible debilitating cancer. I don't know. Something like (laughs) that could also have been used. Um, But like, you don't need to make this thing even worse than it is, which Really, kind of like it. Really stunk to me that he didn't have a solution for getting rid of the king after bringing the king back, and I was just like, Argh. Like it really like UVP, feels. He's a writer. Yes, it really feels like a hand wave and I'm just like, I don't want to believe that it is, but it really mm. feels like a hand wave.
0: I have a lot like, to say. <laughs> <laughs> 1 I don't know that they ever specify that the rose bomb is specifically nuclear. So I don't know that it would have radiation fallout s- explicitly. Okay. 2 So show
1: me show me another bomb that is going to create an a a a mushroom cloud out of something that
0: is not nuclear fission or fusion. Well, like, if the explosion's big enough, I think it makes a mushroom cloud. But more than that, show me any bomb that makes a rose shaped mushroom cloud. Like we got to, so anyway, I don't think it's nuclear is the thing. And they don't, I don't, I don't think they specify that the poison is gas. They just say that it's poison that's spread by the bomb. Now, these are, these are asterisks to what you were saying that are pretty flimsy. But one thing that I did note is that the poison causes very swift and painful organ failure. And that is what happens when you get radiation poisoning. I so know it is, it's an unambiguous callback to Hiroshima. And I guess so. he, he is. I think that the author is drawing a, a clear line. To the fact that the bomb doesn't always kill you directly with the explosion, but that you can die from something else. And putting that into a story. And I also agree with you that Meruem is too strong to be beaten by anyone in the story reasonably. If Netero couldn't do it, which I thought he could when I first saw that fight many years ago when I watched it initially. Uh, if he can't beat him, no one can. That might not literally be true. I know that there's more of the series, so don't at me. But what the series (laughs) has established so far is that the person that we thought was the last hope for humanity lost and lost badly. It wasn't really a contest. So Meruem is too strong. And when you make a character that's too strong, you have to kill them. Or get rid of them in a way that is basically a deus ex machina. And I agree that surprise poison death that he is not strong enough to just reject uh, is a way of doing that. But I would say that in this instance, I think it's forgivable because, as I said at the beginning of our coverage, I think that these episodes, maybe more than the rest of the Chimera Ants arc put together, exemplify... A specific theme that the story supports, and the theme of these episodes is humanity will go to links that are horrible and that it arguably shouldn't go to to get what it wants and the poison in the bomb is a is a is a um, symbol of that and so while it does kind of come out of nowhere and while it does definitely read like the author's got to get rid of this character somehow which honestly at the end of this arc he kind of didn't but uh he did need to get rid of the royal guard so uh you know the author's got to get rid of this character somehow this is the only plausible way at this point short of a literal god or a character that we've never met with powers we've never seen showing up uh and so that's what happens and i think only because he's tying it to a strong theme does it work at all
1: yeah okay then there's the rest of this episode which is literally standing between two people and having reactions until welfin finally says the word kamugi and then the king is like i spare both of you and also let me leave now um i have to uh, go to barbara
0: Streisand's basement
1: (laughs) (laughs) um palm is also going to reveal to akalgo that they are dying of this poison and Welfin is going to have aged a whole bunch. That well, takes Specifically, death, so...
0: Palm and Ikago are not dying from this poison. And also, of note, Knuckle and Melioron are also not dying of this poison. So, uh, you know. Take it as well. Yeah, because um, I don't think we said this, but not only is anybody close enough to the explosion that wasn't killed by the explosion poisoned and they die very horribly and very fast, but they become super contagious. So if you're around them for too long, you will also die from the horrible poison. And uh, that's going to be relevant in a second, but uh, several of our protagonists get away from that, even though they kind of technically shouldn't, but whatever.
1: Yeah. So this takes us to episode 135, this day X and X. Um, So Merom is going to
0: find Paul super fast like yeah so no, fast no challenge hide and seek champion right here
1: yeah and then he is going to like com- completely kowtow to palm saying that I will do anything if you tell me where kamugi is because I know that I'm dying I will even start to bow down before you and because she is part um palm is just like no I can't I can't take this Um and uh she finally reveals to um to Meruem where Kamugi is. Um, and then he goes and finds her. Um that's really just the end of this. Um he is going he's going to go find her and he is going to tell her that he is dying, and if she stays with him, she is going to die. Um and Kamugi is just like, you have been the time of my life and I've <laughs> La- never felt this
0: way before. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> yeah. Um He also tells her his real name cause he learned it since the last time he saw her, he asks her to, to call him by it. And there's some back and forth because of Japanese honorifics, but uh eventually she does. And you know, I don't like the chimera ants arc. And if you could cut it down to about half as long and just, chop out all the unnecessary internal dialogue narration stuff uh i think it would be much better but it would still be not my cup of tea but even given all of that i found myself getting a little choked up in this episode yeah i think
1: uh uh, hold on before before we go into this because i i kind of want to do like a like a decompression with you about the journey with the chimera ants yeah that um, sounds but good. first we we have to talk really quick about the fact that all of the hunters are back in the city um there is a super dumb moment where you find out that this guy that was running this this place was just a lookalike um i oh god was, fight. i forgot about that that
0: was crazy I was, it was so annoyed revealed that. in the wildest moment because yeah, they were doing, I, they were doing a poem about how terrible and beautiful humanity is. And it was pretty solid and it was a really emotional moment. And they're slow panning over this like beautiful field to this cabin with a dude sitting there. And then the, there's just a, a subtitle that shows you that this is the actual leader of not definitely not North Korea, And that he's been retired for 30 years. I know I hated this. (laughs) I I didn't hate it, but I was just like, that is mind boggling, completely out of nowhere, serves no purpose in the story. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's just,
1: it felt to me like just a big middle finger. (laughs) (laughs) Like,
0: like, fuck you. You sat through all this and he wasn't even dead.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And also just like, just like, you know, I can do whatever the hell I want. It's my manga is what it felt like to me. Um, And I mean, I get it. It is yours. You can do whatever you want, but don't flip me off. What it Um, felt like to
0: me was the author trying to make some sort of profound statement about humanity because it was juxtaposed with this really nice poem about humanity. And it was shot in such a way that it implied that he was writing or even potentially uh, or he, sorry, he's reading or even potentially writing the poetry himself, and yeah. you know he's clearly a dictator. He is shown to be that unequivocally. It is definitely not North Korea, and that's not a great situation. And he was responsible for that. And he, even though he hasn't been there for thirty years, was responsible for handing it off to a lookalike who presumably continued or expanded the policies that he himself put in place. So I think if I'm trying to be as charitable as possible, he's probably trying to make a statement about how this guy used to suck. But now he's just like a dude who's sitting there reading and or writing poetry on his porch, living his life by himself in a really lovely environment. And like, I don't know if that one works. And I will I would say that this arc definitely didn't need it. And one way you could tell is because it's done in a subtitle real quick in a sequence that takes like thirty seconds and that did not need him to be in it.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. so now let's do our decompression about this because uh, <sighs> I have quite a bit to say, and I'm sure that you do too. yeah um, we we are we are aware that uh, this episode is uh, is gone on for a while. Um, so yeah, if you really want hear that extra long this,
0: episode we talked about. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, if you really don't want to hear about this, that's the end of our coverage. And uh really quick I, I just I just gotta talk about Meruem as a character, because I have been told many times that he is their favorite antagonist in all of anime, and I really disagree. <laughs> Oh yeah, Um, I do too. (laughs) And the biggest reason why is that I understand that what makes a good antagonist is somebody who knows what they're doing and if they believe in their heart what they're doing is right, a lot of times that's what makes a really beautiful antagonist is because they, they know that uh, what they're doing, you know, might be wrong for other people's, but it it's right for them. I would argue that one of the best antagonists that you're going to get in recent memory, um, and I mean, he's been around for way longer than this, um, but uh, one of them that is going to be inside of the Marvel Universe is going to be Thanos. What Thanos is doing is saving the universe in Thanos's opinion and beliefs. What he is doing requires him to make every sacrifice because what he's doing is saving everybody from themselves. And he is the only one that can do it, and he is the only one who believes that he is right, and he has developed a cult-like following around him of people that believe his belief system. That makes a really interesting antagonist. And also, I think an antagonist is is also going to be better if they aren't just evil for evil's sake. Here's where I have a problem with Meruem. Meruem doesn't seem to know what he is doing or why he is doing it. He is just given divine power, and so he wants to lead because he is born to be a leader and slowly he develops this humanity when he has a connection with something. But I don't care about Meruem until, like, two episodes out from the end of Meruem. Like, that sucks. And yeah. I'm like, he he. The, the more interesting character out of the characters from the Chimera and Arc arguably is... Uh uh God, what was his name? Um he, he was he was the one that had uh, uh, oh, change of, a change of a change or um a cult it was his Colt, name. Yeah, um, and he was he was a character that had this like huge change of heart because he, he had this easily connection the most interesting humanity. Character. He is so interesting and he followed is followed probably an interesting, by Yuppie? Yeah.
0: In and a surprise
1: turn. <laughs> Yeah, Yuppie was very interesting as well. I just don't, I, I never felt a connection with Meruem until the very end. And that kind of sucks for an antagonist because you're not rooting against them uh, except for that you're rooting for your heroes. And I guess that you can do that and you can get an interesting story out of it, but it would be way more interesting if we had more of this back and forth with the king
0: before before the end of it.
1: Uh, yeah, and. Uh-
0: I I just I will, feel it. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Um, I see what people. I, I understand what people see in Meruem. This is not to say that you are wrong, uh, but I would say I don't think Meruem is a good contender for best anime antagonist. Uh, partly because of what you're you're saying, like at the beginning, he is evil for the sake of evil. He's just born into it and he he literally doesn't know what he's doing he's being taught everything and he takes it at face value uh even the whole plan of taking over definitely not north korea is not his plan um he's just along for the ride uh and he is the main antagonist because he's the strongest one not because he's the one actually driving the plot um and that's not good you you when you're writing a story generally you want your most interesting character to be at the center and you want that character to be in some way driving the plot uh meruem is arguably not the most interesting character although that's a very subjective but he's definitely not driving the plot other than that the characters around him are driving the plot for him or in his name but he's not directing them to do it he is not the man behind the curtain he's just there and uh he starts to take some agency when he wants to learn how to play the games. That's when he meets Komugi and he starts to develop as his own character. And I would say that that is the key to why I don't think he's a very good anime antagonist because the things that make him a good character are the things that make him not an antagonist at the points in the story. When he is fighting our heroes after he has met Komugi, he is the one on the side of good he is the one doing the less morally reprehensible things. By the time he he meets Komugi, he spends a long time playing games with her and developing a conscience and developing a personality. And the people around him, his royal guard, don't like that. And they are working against him. They remain pretty solidly in the villain category. Meanwhile, the heroes are busy preparing to fight the king because he's so strong and this causes them to turn to villainy not outright but they they turn to morally questionable at best actions and like i said at the beginning i i was pretty convinced by that youtube video that this arc the point of this arc and i think it's reinforced by the theme of these episodes which is that humans are capable of terrible things they are also capable of beautiful things but they're the terribleness can be truly awful, and that's what this episode says un unambiguously that literally Palm says it, and then the narrator says it because he wasn't killed in that explosion. so it's not it's not left up for debate what the the author is trying to go for here at the end of this arc. But arguably before this, because again, most stories are about a main character and the arc of that character. And when that character's arc is over, that story is over. And Gone is the protagonist. Gone, his arc is about becoming a villain. Now, he's not going to become a full-on villain, and he's not going to stay that way. But it, it is about his fall from grace. And Meruem has a parallel arc where he learns to be a good person. And so, by the time the dirty bomb goes off and he fights Netero, Meruem is the protagonist. gone gets his big fight the next couple of episodes but in it he's the villain and i think for that reason if you're picking best anime protagonists i think meruem's a good character i think there are mistakes made with his character that are subjective to me and spencer's opinion on this but i don't think he makes a good antagonist because the the times when he's being the antagonist are when he's a bad antagonist. He's bad for the sake of it and the story is driving him rather than the other way around. By the time he is doing things that are complex and interesting, that are motivated by his himself and his beliefs and his actions, he's no longer acting as the antagonist. So I don't think he's the best character personally. I understand why some people might, but I do argue that he is sort of disqualified from being best antagonist because he doesn't spend his best moments as an antagonist. And that's partly because this arc is really complicated narratively. uh, And that's part of its issue. I I would say, you know, quick post mortem on the the Chimera Ants arc as a whole, and much of this is not going to be new to you if you've been listening along, but it has major pacing issues. There is way too much time particularly once they start the section that takes place in definitely not North Korea the there is a lot of time spent on what each character is thinking and each possibility this is the character thinking well if if I say a then he's gonna do b but he might know that I'm gonna say a so he'll do c so I should do d and it goes on and on and on like that and there are some episodes that are almost entirely narration like I'm not I'm not joking when I say that it at some points becomes functionally an audiobook with moving pictures underneath the narration, because it's just the narrator telling us a story that we're supposed to be watching and experiencing. It's it's a poor use of the medium, and I'm not sure that it's a very good use of comics or manga either, because manga, like television, like movies, is a visual medium. And this arc relies too heavily on the text, and when you're writing in these mediums, you should be trying to fuse those things. I don't think this arc does a very good job of that. Also, I think it's a complex arc that could be broken down into multiple mini-arcs. There is the arc where Gon, Kite, and Killua are invading the NGL and are learning about the Chimera Ants arc, and I think that part's pretty fun and pretty good. After that, there's the the long section where they are planning their invasion of definitely not North Korea while the king is uh, turning a new leaf. And that is all right, but something is slipping and the narrator is starting to get in the way. And then the actual invasion is wildly hampered by the narration slowing everything down. I mean, there's literally an episode where three seconds takes place over the course of 10 real time minutes because the narrator won't shut up. And when you look at what happened, like all of this could have been covered with just the action playing out and the characters thinking to themselves using the voice actors instead of the narrator. There are major storytelling issues in this arc. Uh, you can still like it. You can still disagree with me. I would argue that some of those storytelling issues are objective, like the narrator is too much. And again, that doesn't mean you can't enjoy that part of it. There are some people I've I, I went looking for this. You know, when we started the Chimera Ants arc. And there were some people that were like, yeah, I understand that the pacing is bad and I understand that the narrator arguably shouldn't be there, but I really like all the stuff that I learn from the narration, so I'm okay with it. And if you're one of those people, more power to you. Not everything is for everyone. But yeah, this arc is really complex, uh, but it's also really fraught with narrative decisions that I think are poor and uh, also with, you know, uh, like tropes, like people being eaten that I tend not to respond to. So. God, I had a real hard time with this, and I'm super glad that we're done with it. (laughs) Well, But I did uh, enjoy these episodes specifically. Yeah,
1: well, that's where we are, and uh, stick with us after these credits, and we'll be talking about what's
0: coming on next time. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions.
1: With sound editing done by Rashad English, he's our level 10 sound wizard.
0: Level 10, that's a lot of new levels.
1: Well, he's been out in the waste grinding and killing low-level monsters to level up. That checks out. Our podcast is ad-free. And if you want to keep it that way, too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at b and S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer get jumped or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. If you like the show, please like subscribe and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show.
0: New episodes come out every week on your favorite podcast platform.
1: And hey, thanks for
0: listening. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Kill La Kill episodes two through three. You think you're gonna get
1: naked? No no no. There's way, way more naked stuff happening inside of this episode than you got ready for. It's literally named So Sexy She Might Pass Out. Anyways, let's get into it. Next week.